This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Welcome back, little sweet coven of ours, to the Ouija Boards and Midnight Margs podcast. We are not leaving you hanging because we are finally getting to the spooky episode of season three that you all wait for because we have to have our Easter egg, you know, sprinkle them in here, spooky episodes, because that's just who we are. That's our bread and butter. It's where we come from. It is our roots. And I feel like I got very passionate about that. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Anyway, we are preaching about spooky stuff today. Um, So before we jump in, of course, what are you drinking today, Cheyenne? Today I'm drinking in a, who can hear that? (laughs) In a Cheshire Cat wine glass. Or should I ask what have you been drinking today? (laughs) Before this point. Hello, (laughs) friends. She's intoxicated. I started my day with Rosé. I've been hanging out with Jeremy and Justin from When Walls Can Talk today, doing other weird ghosty things. Um, So I raided his liquor cabinet because he actually has alcohol in his house and I pretty much usually don't, which is why I've been drinking coffee every other episode. (laughs) So I made a gin and tonic with a lot of lemon juice and some crushed mint floating around in there, which is kind of weird when it congeals and comes up the straw but <laughs> right that's like the the problem with mojitos too right like mojitos are so good until you get that like mouthful of mint chunk of vegetation yeah but and it's yeah. like the and like mint is like fuzzy right so it's like <laughs> just, it's a lot when you get a mouthful of mint a little slimy <laughs> but it's doing the trick so I'm not mad about it what about you what are you drinking So I have a classic herbal blend today because I am still recovering from a cold. I've also started um, half marathon training again. So trying to be a healthy girl. So I have my like go-to herbal overnight infusion that I've been really loving right now. It's got ladies mantle, oat straw, raspberry leaf. What else is in here? Lemon balm. I feel like there's one that I'm missing, but anyway, it's super delicious. And it's kind of crazy because like, it's all herbal obviously, but it tastes like a sun tea almost like all the flavors come together to really make it yummy. So do you usually drink your overnight infusions, hot or cold or does it just just room temperature? So like I just leave them to infuse overnight and then I strain it out in the morning and I just keep it a giant ass Mason jar that I've become known for. Like (laughs) everybody in the office is like yeah that's shale and she's coming down the hallway with her giant mason jar (laughs) speaking of our topic today if we're talking about ghosts and spooky things then is a giant mason jar something that would be used to summon you if people were were like sitting in a circle trying to summon you what magical objects would it take i absolutely think so that in i don't know Am I, am I only self-identified by a mason jar? <laughs> complex. I'm like, what else? <laughs> My personality has been reduced to this one thing. 
I don't know. I'm okay with that, I guess. If I have the personality of a mason jar. Could be worse. <laughs> Dirty. You can withstand extreme temperatures. You're reliable. Thank you. Uh, you're hyping me up so much. I appreciate that. This is why we're besties. <laughs> yeah. Happy to help. Okay. So I'm sitting here like, what would summon Cheyenne? And I'm like, there would obviously be glitter, which is already like way cooler <laughs> than what I have. <laughs> like glitter and cheese can I have a glittery mason jar that would be cute actually that would be cute yeah your mason jar can be cute yeah and like obviously basket <laughs> full of herbs like stained glass mason jar call it Ooh, I'll have Amber make you one okay so we're veering from tradition but only slightly we're still using a tattoo tarot deck but it is not by eight coins tarot it is uh, called the Tattoo Tarot Ink and Intuition Deck um, that I'm borrowing from Justin's boyfriend, Jeremy. So, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Um, but I don't Did know. Did you say Justin's deck. boyfriend, Jeremy? Oh. <laughs> Switch it. Reverse it. <laughs> don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Um, I have only used this deck once, which was when Justin got it. So we'll see who comes out of this one Ooh, that makes good noises though it does some good tarot asmr we got going on okay which is the only kind of asmr i like oh for real i was watching instagram stories yesterday and somebody's randomly in the middle of a conversation started chewing a banana that should come with a trigger warning i wanted to die And a banana, that's the worst. That's like the real smacky sound. Like, you know what that sounds like without hearing it. (laughs) 100%. Okay, so we have drawn the three of coins. Three of coins. Coins are pentacles in this deck and most decks that they show up in as coins. Three of coins. Okay, represents mastery, skill, and accomplishment. Good reputation in work and business. Expertise built on experience, craftsmanship, high status, honors earned, or negatively, average or low quality or lack of funding. So I'm going to break the fourth wall for a teeny tiny second. Jeremy, tell me more about the three points. (laughs) It's very energy of the village. Wait, he needs to get closer to the microphone. Jeremy, get closer to the microphone. (laughs) I often find it. Amateur. Well, he has his own podcast or anything, guys. <laughs> fail. Epic fail. It's very energy of the village. It's very coming. To, I, I actually kind of chuckled a little bit when I heard what came out of the, the deck because it's kind of ironic. It's almost that the coven energy, a lot of threes in the tarot are of that coming together of like-minded community. And um, there's very much a sense of bringing your expertise to the table and bringing your piece to the puzzle. Uh, and kind of the whole is only created by the sum of its parts energy. And I, I think it's kind of ironic that that one fell out. I love it. Also, you all, you can't obviously see us right now because you're hearing this in the audio format, but I wish that you could see the way we're recording this right now because it's over Zoom. And I wish you could see the way that Cheyenne drunkenly, longingly looks at Jeremy with this very like doggish (laughs) face as he explains the tarot. (laughs) That was a very like Joe Biden, Obama meme thing going on. (laughs) Honored. 
Yeah, because you're Obama. <laughs> Lame. Cancel student debt, Joe Biden. Yes, please. That would be super nice. Release people for nonviolent drug crimes, please. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Before we get too far down the political rabbit <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm mad. Now I'm frustrated. We're talking about ghosts. And um, so the, the title of this episode in my head, anytime I've been telling people what we're talking about this week is ghosts, exclamation point. What even are they? Oh, that's such a way better title than what I came up with. Cause I already <laughs> had like, I had like paranormal theories of the. She had what? one very highbrow and mine is like, what is ghost? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, what was it? Oh, theories of the paranormal kind. So yours is way cooler. Oh, I like that too, though. I like yours. Multiple subheadings. Yours has a lot more expression behind it. Ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Than the rest of it. (laughs) Can you tell I have a journalism degree? Mine is way more (laughs) clickbaity. Yep. It was very good. All right. So diving right in. So we are talking about paranormal theories. And I'm loving that you're at Jeremy and Justin's house today as we do this. Because this was definitely inspired from one of When Walls Can Talk's episodes, where if you haven't listened to this episode, it is um, about hauntings that happen in the White House. So you definitely need to go listen to that. But towards the end of that episode, which I'm not revealing any spoilers, but he starts talking about different types of paranormal theories. And so I was like, oh, I want to dive into that so much further. Um, And so it got our little brains doing some research and thinking about what even are ghosts? How do you explain them? Are they more than just a spirit or are there other thoughts around it? So that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today. So where do we start? Like, I guess if you were explaining ghosts to a five-year-old and they just simply asked you, what is a ghost? What would your response to that be? I also like that that's like, not a weird question because there is the chance that you or I would explain ghosts to a five-year-old. <laughs> My little sister's having her first baby in less than a month. It's going to happen. Oh yes. We'll be those weird ants. All right. So I think the best place to start is to define the different types of hauntings that exist out there. Okay. So there's kind of four, I'm sure Jeremy could tell us that there's a whole bunch more than this, but there's like four super common, super common core hauntings that I think most of us are familiar with. So diving right in, the first one that I'm going to talk about is called a residual haunting. So um, this will also be sometimes referred to as a place memory, which we'll dive into a little bit further into one of the theories. But this is probably the most common type of haunting, you know, the one that we hear the ghost stories about and stuff like that all of the time. Um, And the reason it's called residual is it's because of the fact that the entity is often not interacting with those who witness it. Um, And instead, it tends to be something that is happening like an activity that's repetitive. Um, So, you know, the stories of an apparition walking down a hallway over and over and over again, or, you know, the apparition of the woman in the, in the dark dress, who's always looking out the window longingly at the sea, you know, the same sort of thing happens over and over again. It's a scene that you see that was almost like it's on a constant loop. Um, so it's usually associated with a traumatic event or is, um, happening in a significant location that's associated with that person's life or their death. And it is as though the energy of that spirit is imprinted 
um, and that what we are witnessing, and that's what we're witnessing versus the actual spirit. So the actual impression of the energy that has been left behind versus like a physical being, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the next type of haunting, this is the one that we're probably most familiar with, and that's the intelligent haunting. So this is a type of haunting that's actually able to interact with and communicate with those that are living. Um, and furthermore, it seems to actually be aware of the living. Like it's, it's something that tends to be aware of the fact that there are other people <laughs> in the room um, that are trying to communicate. Um, they also tend to be able to do things like manipulate technology, make noises, move objects, make signals, or even speak. Um, and it's with these hauntings that you may be able to even sense them, even though you can't see them. So that's where you get like the cold spots or goosebumps when you walk into a room um, or the hair stands up on the back of your neck. Like you can sense that they are there. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> is that the is that the gin or is it the the ghosties? It's true. That's I mean, and that's a good question to ask in all of these scenarios, right? So right. It's our, it's our Sterling Moon bullshit question is, have you eliminated all of the other logical things this could be? And if well, not, then it's definitely a ghost. What was that? I said, but we're not here to be logical tonight. No, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> or we actually are being super logical because we're trying to identify a scientific explanation for ghosts. So that's true. We're taking it next level. All right. So the third type of a ghost is called a poltergeist. So this term actually stems from the German words poltern, which I'm not going to say if I'm saying that correctly or not, because I don't know. <laughs> and geist, which means noisy ghost. So the <laughs> physical sightings of spirits are not usually associated with these. Instead, it's more of the movement of objects or objects being hidden, loud and disturbing noises, um, interference with technology and electronics, or even physical attacks. So these hauntings usually start out as minor incidents and then usually escalate in intensity until it reaches its peak, at which point usually people either move or at some point it just stops and then they're never heard from again. What's the explanation for like rise in intensity? Is that with people interacting with it typically? So I was actually longer? reading that there's the, the thought that it could be our own psychic ability. Mm. Um, and that it may be something we're not even aware of and that the more intention you put into it, that's why the, the energy increases because you're more aware of it and in present and doing the, the psychokinetic type things before you even realize it. Yeah. So in addition to it possibly being a spirit, it could be just you being psychic as hell and you didn't even realize it, which is also kind of cool. <laughs> it is. Because those are abilities we all have. Yeah. We're gifted, but with the right kind of training, you can get to all of these places. For sure. Which I've actually been like really obsessed with watching the girls on TikTok that can like make flames on the candles move. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that there's so many explanations for That's the only magic trick I actually want to do when I think I about like, like, just if I could actually have like a fantasy, witch power, the only one I want is like the Sandra Bullock, practical magic, blowing a candle and having it right. light. That's the only one I want. Can you imagine how cool we'd be in high school? Like we would have been so much cooler Even if you could have that kind of a party trick. Seriously. 
either that or people would have definitely like stayed away from us that much more. It could have gone either way. <laughs> mm-hmm, it's true. They'd be like, wow, those girls are freaking weird. Anywho, Which, to be fair, they definitely said anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't really have it going for us. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the last spirit is called, or the last haunting, excuse me, is called demonic haunting. So this is the effect of a deceptive evil spirit whose intention is to do harm and destroy all that is good and sacred. Um, demonic entities can not only possess people, but objects. And it said animals, which come at my dog, demonic entity, and we're going to have a problem. Um, These can be confused with poltergeist activities as often demonic hauntings start in a similar way. So you start seeing like the movement of objects, strange noises, et cetera. Um, And demonic hauntings, however, may be associated with sightings of a dark shadow or even first appearing as a benevolent spirit and later revealing itself in the forms of foul odors. You often hear about um, sulfur or smells like that. Um, extreme temperatures and or physical attacks. And this type of haunting is usually not easily resolved and often requires an exorcism. Wild. Yeah. So that one's a little spooky. A little. <laughs> but anyhow, we thought it would be. No big deal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyhow, we thought it'd be helpful before we dive into these theories to kind of understand the different types of hauntings and how they come to play in these theories. So what would you classify most of the hauntings that we've experienced as under those categories? The second one? question. Probably. Cause like if they're- if, Poltergeisty ones? Yeah. Cause if they can like interact with you and stuff like that, that's definitely more intelligent. But I have experienced the residual haunting as well and it's it's like they say you know like you just kind of see something out of the corner of your eye and it's like a passing of a of an apparition type thing but it doesn't like know you're there and you're almost like not aware it's there it just kind of happens yeah is there any that's like considered the most common um so according to the research i did the residual is the most common is the most common that makes sense Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense because there's like the impression of energy, right? And it's just there all the time. So a couple of minor theories for why ghosts could potentially exist. Um, and the first one's kind of annoying, but we have to we have to give it some attention. <laughs> is the, the concept of verbal suggestion or power of belief. And basically what this theory is saying is that our power of will is so much stronger than we may realize. And simply the act of wanting to see a ghost could result in the impression of one. So it's almost kind of like, you know, if you tell yourself, like, I'm going to get sick from this certain type of food. And then you get sick from said type of food, unless it's obviously toxic or something like that, but yeah, it's yeah. the power of the mind, right. Or, you know, how people use visualization, um, for things like sports performance or something like that. Um, well, so it is plausible. A really good, just example of that too, is like street magic. Yeah. Um, because a lot of like, I don't know if anyone's seen magic for humans on Netflix, but it's amazing. I love that movie. Not sponsored. Um, but there's one episode that he does that's about that. That's about the power of influence and and mind reading where he brings these influencers into this, like a selfie museum, essentially. 
and, you know, gives them a box of props and is like, go take a bunch of pictures, come back and then like pick the one that's the most postable. And they all choose the same prop and the same room. And it's because of all of that power of suggestion before um, yeah. you, like you don't realize that like minor hypnosis that's happening, um, which is just fascinating to watch in that kind of context. But I feel like street magician magicians are some of the best like real world examples of that, like just how easily your mind can be bent. Yeah. Or like the whole like David Copperfield where you pick a number and it can be like between three and a thousand and you'll somehow end up with this very arbitrary number. But it's like, there's a formula that breaks it down. So you have to get that number no matter what, Yeah. (laughs) but your mind is still blown when you get that number and you're like, how did he know? Yeah. How wild. (laughs) I also love on, um, magic for humans when he makes everyone think that one guy or like makes that one guy think that everybody else thinks he's invisible. Yes. And he's all like trying to steal shit out of a picnic basket and stuff like that kills me. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) He should come on our show. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be fun. We'll have his call, his people call our people. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure they are easily accessible <laughs> over at Netflix. <laughs> One day when we're famous. We should have our own ghost hunting show. It would be great. Oh my God. That has been a dream of mine since I was like eight. So if we wanted to make that happen, I would be there so fast. It would be awesome. Jeremy, are you listening? Let's start a ghost hunting show. <laughs> he needs no convincing. Yeah, he's probably like, I've already got it planned out. <laughs> he does. In <laughs> fact, while we were watching YouTube documentaries preparing for this episode, he was like, this is the kind of style, like this is where the podcast is going to go. Oh, I love that. I like, love that. The here power of it. the mind. That's the it vision. is. Absolutely. Everyone so the next kind of minor theory is the theory of electromagnetic fields. So I think most people are kind of familiar with this concept. Um, But there was a Canadian neuroscientist named Michael Persinger who suggests that magnetic fields, which we can't really detect consciously, we can't really walk out and be like, hey, I noticed electromagnetic frequencies (laughs) around me. Nice EMF Um, field you got there. Right. (laughs) But he believes that they can cause unusual patterns in our brain's temporal lobes, which can lead to us detecting a, quote, presence in a room. So that can probably explain not necessarily physical apparitions, but you know, when you feel goosebumps or cold spots or something like that, that could be our brain just potentially believing that there's something there based on the energies that exist in the room. Um, something we watched earlier today was a, a Ted talk about, um, just like this very thing, like paranormal evidence, um, where the, the speaker was actually talking about the effects of carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm-hmm. being like that feeling of like something sitting on your chest it invokes feelings of dread feelings like you're being watched paranoia like um so it's it's yeah it's it's that bullshit question again too of what can you eliminate right you and it makes no sense right because your brain's literally going into survival mode that's yeah. paranoia when we were little like you know, cave people back in the day was our signal to be like, Hey, you might be eaten by something, but today it's like a very different response, right? Something's (laughs) in here. Right. (laughs) Um, I also saw something similar to that around, uh, like mold too, Yeah, where you could be experiencing mold in the home and it's causing you to hallucinate or similar kinds of, um, survivalist type of reactions. So the first 
theory that we're going to talk about is associated with the residual hauntings that we were talking about earlier. So this one I think is just so fascinating because there's a lot of history that has kind of built up to the popularization of this theory, but it's called the stone tape theory. And I could nerd out about this for quite a while. I'm so excited. You look so excited. I am so excited. <laughs> like, as I was like looking into this, I'm like, oh my God, I could write a whole thesis about this. <laughs> um, but the stone tape theory, uh, to kind of give some background is linked to two other forms of thought, including place memory, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Residual hauntings can be kind of the term residual hauntings can be kind of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, synonymous, I guess, with place memory. Um, yeah. So place memory, and psycho psycho place memory and psychometry are the two terms we're going to talk about. Okay. So the first um, place memory is the concept, um, or excuse me, oh my gosh, let me start over. I'm like a mess. <laughs> So diving into place memory, um, the concept of seeking out recorded memories associated with a specific place has been integral to many ancient cultures. Um, as we know, uh, there's a lot of ancient cultures that have always believed in the idea of being able to interact with the other side or more liminal spaces. Um, but the, the specific term place memory can be traced to a 19th century 19th century thinker named Charles Babbage, who's credited with the idea um, that eventually would become what is known as the programmable computer. Um, and what's so interesting is he speculated that words spoken by humans may remain in the air long after they pass our lips. So he even went as far to say as um, the words that may no longer be audible to us after they're spoken um, could float around in the air forever. Um, and he even felt that people could still interpret inaudible words and that they had the power to unlock memories. That's really interesting. Isn't that a fascinating concept? And, and you think about like the energy of like negative words, right? And like how that yeah. has an impact on people around you, it right? It like, like, do I really need to say this? Do yeah. all these words need to float around in my little word blanket above my head for the rest of forever? Right. Yeah. And when you think about things like the way that we talk about ourselves and stuff like that, like if that's going to float around you forever, how sad I want to like have positivity yeah. all up in my word cloud. <laughs> I also wish that people could see how much we just talked with our hands to describe. I know, but I'm imagining, you know, that like the, I, it was popular. I don't know. I'm like what, 2014, probably like making the actual word cloud whatever app made that of like these oh yeah you mentioned the most on Facebook or whatever right like just that's what I'm envisioning floating above my head is like <laughs> Willie is gonna be really big cheese will probably be really big I feel like I just have a lot of the word fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> loud and bold <laughs> I just says I hate it here really <laughs> why is this happening all the time <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Haunted by our own words. Oh, oh ironic. Ooh. <laughs> she's tipsy, but she's not out of the game yet. No. So place memory is associated with the belief that significant impacts can result in people being linked to a specific location. Um, this includes a place that held a lot of sentimental meaning for someone while they were alive, or it could even be a place of substantial trauma or a tragic death. So those types of events could 
be that linkage for energy. Um, Place memory became a popular theory with the rise of spiritualism in the 19th century and served as an explanation for why an unseen presence could be heard during seances or drawn upon by a medium. So closely connected to place memory is the the concept of psychometry or the idea that you can learn about a person or place by touching an object connected with that person or place. The term psychometry means measuring the soul and was coined by Joseph Rhodes Buchanan in the year 1842, who was interested in the impressions people left on objects. This concept also took rise with the sweeping of spiritualism in the 19th century as people believed that ghosts could attach to objects. So that's also really interesting to think about. Um, The stone tape theory comes into play. (laughs) So the stone tape theory comes into play in the early 20th century when Henry Henry H. Price introduced the idea of psychic ether, which I just love that term. I don't know why. (laughs) But this is the idea that there is a realm where memories or thoughts are permanently stored and that psychics or spiritually connected folks can access this realm and interpret the memories that are held there. Price also believed that these memories or thoughts could physically attach themselves to locations and places and then be played back at a later time. Furthermore, Price believed that believed strongly that our thoughts and memories always exist in a different realm from our own and that it is possible we can occasionally get glimpses into this unknown world. Like deja vu. I know. It's just like fucking wild. I know. <laughs> like when I was reading this, like that's really so fascinating. Benign. It's always really benign, boring shit. Like I definitely have driven on this road before. Like I've gone through this exact like phase of doing all of these things and it's never anything interesting. It's just like, Oh, okay. Parallel me did this last week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited you said that because we're going to dive into that in a little bit. Um, I'm so so terrified and so fascinated. Like I know, right. I want to talk to alternate timeline me, but I don't want to know that she exists either. The very insecure part of me is like, what if alternate universe me is like kicking ass and she'd be like, wow, you're a bum. (laughs) She's definitely published a book by now and not just talked about it every moment of every day for the last 10 years of her life. Yeah. Like alternate universe me is probably like CEO of some major company and is like raking in the dough. We've like solved climate change. Yeah. Found a cure to cancer. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the darkest timeline for sure. We probably are. (laughs) Let's let's give ourselves some credit. So, drawing upon Price's way of thinking, in 1961, a book was published by Thomas Charles. L- <laughs> Are you I'm not drinking? even drinking? <laughs> These people have difficult names. They do. <clears throat> anyway, drawing upon Price's way of thinking, in 1961, a book was published by Thomas Charles Lethbridge titled Ghost and Ghoul which was a popular collection of his own personal experiences with the paranormal during his career as an archaeologist. And we have a future episode that we're going to be recording that I'm like super excited to dive into something like this. Future episode. Um, It's going to be next week after you listen to this one. The next episode. we. That's very true. So the next episode (laughs) is going to dive into this further, but I think this is so fascinating. It's crazy. Um, So this guy, so with his strong and strict beliefs being rooted in only science, like he refused to even, you know, entertain the idea of something that could explain this, that that wasn't rooted in science. Um, He was searching for an alternate explanation for why supernatural things occurred. 
um, that could be proven with science. His conclusion was that there are still things in the earth yet to be uncovered, but that perhaps impressions or memories can be stored in fields of energy. And that um, though these things are unseen, sometimes humans encountered these fields of energy, which resulted in a paranormal experience. You know, what's funny just about that whole concept and idea is that a lot of the things I was reading today and researching for this, a lot of the like the super sciencey like the National Geographic's, the like completely science-based, like very skeptical writers. <sighs> Give me a minute. It'll come back. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me struggling with this. I'm like, it's there and it's relevant. I promise. Um, oh, the statement of like, I just think it is the height of human hubris to assume that if the technology, like that the technology just doesn't exist. Like that there's, you know, cause that's the thing most people say, right? Is that none of these technological things that we use to detect paranormal activity, all of these, like the ghost hunter tools, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all like, none of them are conclusive. And because of that, like none of this exists. And I'm like, I just think it is absolutely absurd that we assume that we've invented all of the technology that could possibly pick up this shit better. Seriously, we, we didn't even we have the have internet 20 years no ago. Understanding of it, I'm mad now, and I need to calm down. But <laughs> I just, I just like, how arrogant can we possibly be that we're like, oh, the tech doesn't exist, so it's never gonna exist. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I hate it here. Like literally, we didn't even have the internet 20 years ago, and how much does like, why do we need a new iPhone every year if the technology doesn't continue to improve? Yeah, like just questions yeah that's now you got me all fired up right i'm like fuck capitalism fuck the patriarchy <laughs> which that was interwoven in there somehow the <laughs> oh, that's awesome um so i believe in ghosts if that's not clear yeah <laughs> <laughs> so continuing with the stone tape theory so ultimately um it's believed that lethbridge's book is what served as the source of the inspiration for a film titled the stone tape which was released in 1972. This film depicts a group of researchers who are trying to understand how memories are being recorded in the stones of a Victorian mansion. Um, and then those memories are continually replayed um, for people. And by the end of the 20th century, the stone place theory, which was the term that was used to describe residual hauntings, um, became commonplace with paranormal investigators. Interesting, okay. So that whole, that whole theory is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and when I was first starting to look into it, I was like, I feel like the stone tape must be associated with the concept that energy must be able to be imprinted on like actual stones and like thinking through, um, especially when like, I think back on like Celtic culture, for example, the, the strong connection to stones and how they're so sacred and the idea that stones could have held energy for millions of years, right? They're like the oldest object on our earth, really, when yeah. you think about it. And the fact that impressions could be left behind in that way is just really fascinating to me. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's like, like so much, huh? It like, like blows your mind. It does. It hurt. It's like that same, like the, all the water that's ever existed has like existed forever. Right. Like, but. Like, I get it, but I don't. <laughs> Our little brains can't comprehend. 
So the next theory um, is a pretty like, I feel like, I don't know, kind of basic theory, but it's the energy displacement theory. And so this is connected to Einstein's law um, in which all energy in the cosmos is constant and that it cannot be created nor destroyed. Like we all learn that, that theory. So a lot of physicists at your funeral theory. Exactly. It's fine. They're still here. We just, they're somewhere else. (laughs) That was something I hadn't thought about writing into my will, but now I know I need to, there must be a physicist at my funeral. (laughs) If a physicist isn't giving my eulogy, like don't have a funeral. I don't want to go. I have never thought of having a physicist write your eulogy, but that's such a good idea. Honestly, perfect. Brilliant. It's helpful <laughs> to the grieving. It's helpful. It if you totally don't have, is. Like, a faith-based like assumption of where you're going. Like it's, it's perfect. It's just like, don't stress. They were the, what I love about it is the concept of like, like think, think back before your existence. Right. Yeah. Like we're getting deep now. I can feel it. <laughs> um, my drink is empty. Um, you have no recollection of that positive or negative, right? right? Like it just, it was nothingness and that was fine. Right. Like it's, it's the concept of Nirvana. It's just, it is, you always were, and it was fine. You were fine. Then you're fine. Now you're going to be fine afterwards too. Like it's fine. I have honestly like never thought about the fact that you understand what it's like to not be in existence. We all have a memory of no existence. Like you have that it's in you. It's there. And you were fine. You were so trippy. You're just hanging out in the stars, being a little particle of nothing. (laughs) Why is that so comforting though? Taxes. (laughs) Didn't have to vote for people. It just, you existed and it was fine. I don't understand why that's so comforting because it should be terrifying, but yeah, I kind of like being a particle of nothing. I'm great. (laughs) I have no painful recollections of it. And that's really our biggest fear as like animals on this planet, right? Like we're afraid of pain for the most part. It's so fascinating. Anyway. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, so that's what many paranormal scientists feel is that this law can be applied to spirits too. And that it's simply a matter of our energy transforming into another form after our body dies, which I think it's super fascinating when you think about the stories that you hear from hospitals where they weigh a body right before someone dies and then right after, and they weigh differently, right. By like very, very little weight, but like not enough for I watched a YouTube video about it today. <laughs> Ooh, tell me about it. Well, it was just, it was a pretty quick, like infographic one, but it was talking about how in that study they compared like dogs at the same time and dogs don't change weight after death, but dogs also don't have sweat. Like, one of the most common explanations for that is that mm. we sweat. And you're I was about to get really spirit. upset that you were going to say that dogs don't have spirits and I was going to No, I got you. pissed about that too. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is like an afterlife that dogs don't exist in. I don't are want no it. dogs in heaven, I don't want to go. Yeah. You're the only reason I'm still on earth. Right. Dogs. <laughs> um, uh, but dogs don't have sweat glands and they don't like release temperature energy the same way that we do. And so that's one of the common like debunk explanations of it of like your body like bloats and swells and then releases. Um, but that's, that's not conclusive, right? It's kind of gross. Um, super that's gross. not conclusive <laughs> either though. So um, 
yeah, it's just interesting to think about that, like the weight of the soul, or even like I go down these Reddit rabbit holes of people who've had near death experiences or like people who have died or like spoiler alerts for search party season five. But if you haven't seen search party, you need to watch search party. It's fucking amazing. Is that a movie? Uh, No, it's a show on HBO. It's phenomenal. Uh, but she dies. One of the lead characters dies for like a solid 37 seconds before she's resurrected. And that brings about like a whole change of her entire life's purpose. Right. Um, but like you go down these rabbit holes of like reading people's experiences of like going into the light or I was like Mm -hmm. dead for a full two minutes and they brought me back and this is what I saw and I changed everything. And it's just, it's wild. Yeah. That's so fascinating. It's crazy. So the last theory that we're going to talk about, and this one also is one of those that I'm like, how do you wrap your mind around this? Because it's just too crazy. Yeah. Um, and I know that there'll be a future generation that's not stuck in like very traditional ways of thinking that'll be like, oh yeah, duh. Like how you guys didn't know this at your point in time. I don't know because we're so advanced, but Feels so old. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's the whole concept of interdimensional beings. Um, so theoretical, what he said, the elevator game. Oh, we're going to have to come back to that. Yeah, we will. Sorry. (laughs) So we'll cut that out in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea is that theoretical physicists have considered the idea of a multiverse, which is the concept that there are many universes in addition to our own, all coexisting parallel to one another. And furthermore, not just additional universes, but it's possible that there are um, different dimensions parallel to our own and also the possibility of different timelines. So we've kind of talked about this a little bit, how, you know, in today's society, we see time as linear versus being a cyclical type of a thing or being constant and not heading in one direction. Right. Yeah. (laughs) This already makes my brain melt. I just have so many feelings. I had to like pause for a second. Shia is just literally looking at me like a deer in headlights. And I'm like, are you good? <laughs> or <laughs> reminds me of blowing y'all. <laughs> I just try to think of what words are actually going to come out. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> don't panic. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. First this rule is for fun, Cheyenne. It's for fun. Don't fucking panic. Like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, it caused panic more. Um, (laughs) it is thought that there could be the possibility of these timelines or dimensions crossing over from time to time. And this results in us glimpsing into the other side. So what we're perceiving as ghosts may be us actually seeing into a timeline that's different from our own and crossing into a different dimension. So you might be seeing, so (laughs) Outlander fans, this is like comforting for us all that we may have the opportunity (laughs) to go to 17th century Scotland. (laughs) That's amazing. I love so, that you yeah, went to Outlander because mine went to Kate and Leopold. So that's because you're classier than me. Classier? No, she's just a white girl who loves Meg Ryan. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fascinating to think about that, like, you know, like especially when you think about residual hauntings, right? Yeah. That you could literally just be seeing into a short blip of time that you're just that's glancing into. Like you're seeing a nurse from World War II in a hospital. And that nurse is just minding her own fucking business, doing what she needs to do. And you're just at a different timeline and you freak out seeing a ghost and start screaming or whatever. And she's just over there in her own timeline. Like, what is going on? Wow. 
it's, it's I weird. wonder if we are haunting people in alternate timelines and we don't even know it. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> also, it makes me wonder like what they've seen me doing where they're just like, like I could just be out forest, like foraging in the forest and they see me and they're like, what is that? <laughs> There's is a that witch you? out in the woods. <laughs> Oh, Which actually brings me a lot of comfort. Nightmare, right? I'm like, that's like my dream. That's great. Honestly, yes. But along with this theory, that's also where people believe that astral projection or lucid dreaming um, could also be an example of us taking a short trip into a dimension that we may experience that's similar to ours, but in a separate dimension. So they're not quite as extravagant as seeing like a full apparition, but it's you entering these different timelines and periods, which is kind of interesting. It is, especially when you think about like your more colorful dreams. Not not like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know where you're going with that. (laughs) But I was scared to like encourage it. (laughs) I didn't mean colorful in like a weird sexual way or anything. I was like, she's been drinking gin. So I was like, we might just let this pass. <laughs> okay. So to be fully honest with you, I have this dream, this recurring dream. I've had it my, I mean, probably for the last 20 years, I don't know what triggers it. Um, but I'm in this huge house, this huge mansion. And I'm you, I don't like it already. Yeah. It's, it's not a good one. Um, I go through all these different levels, my goal, and I know this is my goal. It's never expressly stated to me, but my goal is to get the fuck out of the house. Like that's what's supposed to happen. Um, and I've never made it out. I always wake up in a room. Um, there's a room with a piano that plays by itself and it fills full of blood. And I always wake up, um, sorry, Wait, the room fills up with blood or the piano does The room fills up with blood while the piano is playing. It's not a cute story. Um, sorry, it's not a cute dream either. Um, but it's all these different rooms that are like, we'll just like escape roomy kind of vibes in all of them where they're like different specific characters in each one that I make it through. Some people I know in my real life, some people I don't, but it's one of those dreams that I've had multiple times. And it is one of those that like, you go down these rabbit holes, right? Like the TikTok randonaut rabbit holes. And you just start to think about all of these things. And I'm like, where am I when that's happening? Yeah, I hate why that. does it happen more than once? And what am I doing that's triggering it here? Like, how can I not be stuck in this house again? <laughs> and have you had those like all throughout your life? Or is it like a certain period of time that you've had these? Yeah, I've had pr- three recurring nightmares my entire life. Um, one of them I haven't had probably since I was like 12. Um, I don't know why that one stopped, but it was the worst one. So I'm not mad about it either. Um, and then one is the house. And then there's another one that's like another kind of random, like escape roomy type recurring dream. So it's just, I've like in living memory, I've had them my entire life. Yeah. They're always the same. And I never see myself in them. I'm, it's always like very first person, like I'm in my own body in them. And I feel like a lot of times when we dream, you're not actually in your own body, you're seeing yourself. Right. You're like observing. Yeah. Play acting these things. You're in more of a narrator role. So it's just interesting. But I've always had, very vivid dreams my entire life too. Right. So it's, I mean, it's hard to know what to attribute any of that to, but it's food for thought. And it's when you have more than, when you have it happen more than once, it, it opens those doors of questions of like, okay, like, why am I having this? What lesson have I not learned? Like, (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's where you start spiraling. Cause you're like, okay, when you start trying to identify, like, what does this all mean? <laughs> that's where you're like, yeah. yeah so that all kind of ties into that random elevator game comment I made earlier. Uh, you can tune into a when walls can talk episode about that. Cause it's one of those, like those like creepy childhood sleepover games type thing that we play. Um, Isn't that the game that they believed? What's that? That woman's name? The one that was the the Cecil hotel. Yes. Yeah. I'll link his episode in the show notes when it's live too. Um, so that you guys can go back and see that one, but that story freaks me out. Yeah. He's going to do an episode on that too, but that's one of those theories is that she was playing the elevator game. Yeah. I don't know how much I believe that theory, but still like the fact that we talk about that too, that it doesn't quite check out for her, but it was very relevant, like pop culturally at the time. Right. Which is why it came up, but it's essentially that, you know, it's, it's a certain sequence of numbers in an elevator. You follow this specific recipe to end up in an alternate dimension. I mean, if it was that easy, (laughs) I'd be go hanging out with like alternate universe shale. (laughs) Right. If I could guarantee where I'm popping out. Like, right. I can have a little more control over who I'm interacting with. Yeah. But yeah. Alternate universe. She'll might not be who you think she is. I know, but I want to know her now. My curiosity is like, <laughs> it's like the Sabrina, the teenage witch, like every Spellman has an evil twin. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like what's evil Cheyenne doing? Or am I evil Cheyenne? I, I know. I was like, what if I'm evil Shale? Am I the evil one? <laughs> am I the villain? I don't I've think I was for a while. None of my TikTok references are accurate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was still pretty relevant. <laughs> Fucking wild though, dude. Yeah. So now that we've talked all spooky things and the theories behind them, what's our perwitchin slip? Ooh, I didn't even really start to consider a perwitchin slip for this episode. I have one. Okay. Give it to me. So I think that if you want to get curious about random weird stuff, we give you the permission to do that. Like if you want to go and spend your day looking up things like the stone place theory and why ghosts exist, you do you boo. We give you the permission. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be weird because it's weird bitch winter y'all weird bitch winter. I love that. It's amazing. No, I like that perwitchin slip. Yeah. Fall down the rabbit hole, Alice. Be careful. Tie a string to your waist. Maybe have a buddy, but. Yeah. Safety first, of course. <laughs> Wear a life jacket. Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know I'm drunk because when the South Park references start happening, I apologize. Um, yeah. Wow. It's fascinating though. Like, I feel like this is a topic we could talk about forever. Oh yeah, for sure. And this is, yeah, like just scratching the surface on what's possible. And it's just really fun to think about. And next time we have like a campfire session where you're telling ghost stories, it'll be really fun to maybe like plug and play with these theories and and try to explain those stories in this way. Like thinking about the experience you were just talking about on our live this week on Instagram, um, which if you guys haven't checked that out, um, on our Instagram, every third Thursday of the month at 7 PM, we're going to be going live and it'll be fun, cozy hangout sessions. So come chill with us, but we had our first one this week. Um, and Cheyenne was just telling us a story about a spooky ghost named Gerard. (laughs) 
at her office. And so That's it's a given it's name. I don't know about. his real name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go to the Instagram. Let us know. Let us know how you think the footprints got there. Done, done, done. Yeah. Would that be considered intelligent or would it be considered residual? It's a good question. I almost feel like I don't even know. I know. I feel like intelligent because I do feel like he responds when you engage with him. And what if he's an interdimensional being from another parallel universe? <laughs> like I'm not going back to work what now. What if it's alternate timeline me and I'm just like, bitch, pay attention. I need your help. And I'm just like, stop it, Gerard. <laughs> like, I'm missing all the messages. Maybe you can measure the footprint size to see. That's true. If it is your feet or phone call was coming from inside the house, <laughs> dude, that's triggering. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave you on this really positive note. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm leaving today with more questions than answers, but I think that's, that's great. That's another permission slip. Keep asking questions. Absolutely. And, and don't assume tell us- that we have, don't assume, just don't assume a, And B, don't assume that we have all of the answers at our current point. Just feel like we're very narcissistic right now and thinking that we've like figured shit out. We don't know jack shit about anything, y'all. We don't even know what's at the bottom of the ocean. Like how much of the ocean is undiscovered? 70, 80%? There are literal sharks on this planet who are older than every single person alive. So yeah. Like stop paying your taxes at least. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Cheers to that. Not to pay your bills. Cheers, witches. Bye. It's all arbitrary and made up anyway. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm e algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>